Hey, this is Joshua Porter coming in live at Prosper 2022 with Michael Jackness, and this is the Carbon Six Podcast. So we're uh, we were just having a chat earlier today yeah. with Michael Jackness. He's actually a speaker uh, at the event on the event hall. He first lives time here. speaking in two years. First time speaking in two years. Well, man. I mean, like, everything's been shut down. Yeah, well, that is yeah. quite true. It's all been online. So, like back in person, here we are. Yeah, I know it's rare, right? It is, no, it is. no masks, freedom, walking it's, around. It's, I'm, it's kind of beautiful. I couldn't be happier to be here. Yeah, and you also live. You're a Vegas local. I am. I, uh, I live here and come down to the strip as much as I can, but you know, yep. stay away from it as much as I can, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> What do you find to be the most exotic part about Vegas? Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Besides the dancers. The food, maybe? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I haven't really thought about that. I mean, the, the, the shopping? Yeah. The shopping has to be the number one thing, right? We were just here yeah. with some friends. Uh, we have people coming through. Everybody wants to come to Vegas. Yeah. And everything's opening back up now. So mm-hmm. the people are coming through and we're like walking through like the wind and like the Venetian and like mm-hmm. there's, there's every 10 feet, there's a Chanel yeah, you know, or a Louis Vuitton. So it just, I think that that has to be the, the things that we can talk about on the podcast at least that has to be the, yeah. the more exotic thing. The more exotic things. Yeah, that is, that is true. I could say this is my third time being here in Vegas okay. and I could say this is my first time actually enjoying it. Um, <laughs> That's that's the honest truth. I'm not a big fan of this place, but I found myself to actually really enjoy the experience that I'm having so far. Uh, maybe it's just because it's a different time of year. Maybe it's a different location, different it setting. Is, it is really beautiful this time yeah. of year. So, and it's like I'm surprised that how cold it is. But we're not here to talk about Vegas no, or the weather. About, uh, some fun stuff. Yeah, we're here to talk about the state of Amazon 2022. Uh, what's been going on pretty much in 2021? How it's going to affect 2022 and where it could potentially go in 2023? So, Michael Jackness, you've been selling on Amazon for how many years now? since 2015 yeah you're a veteran so seven years yeah that's uh that's like a black belt uh, in this Something time frame like that yeah yeah i mean and and, it, and i think amazon years are like dog years i feel like i'm like 86 years old now or something like that you're experienced <laughs> yeah. you're no longer a pup you're a gray wolf something like that yeah you've led a pack what, what's going on with amazon man well i mean it's uh, it's been a tough year mm-hmm. uh we we run our own podcast and talk about this stuff often and we did a a year in review podcast, and I was talking about how mm-hmm. this was the most difficult year of, of my e-commerce career. Yeah. I Why is at, that? Well, it just it's all the things that are out of your control. Yeah. You know, I, I look at businesses. I, I do this because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I we've done well in other other businesses that we've done, and uh, I, I mostly continue to do this because I enjoy I enjoy being a business. I enjoy building a team. I enjoy meeting people like yourself and everybody mm-hmm. that's here at Prosper and mm-hmm. speaking at the events. It, of all the things that I've done, the people are are the best. You know, mm-hmm. you go to other in other niches I've been in. Let's just use affiliate marketing as a for instance. I was in affiliate marketing in, in the poker space for years, mm-hmm. and you come to a, a conference like this, and you don't want to take a chance of meeting anybody because they're all the kind of people you don't want to interact with. Like right. Here, it's it's like quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, and so I, I enjoy it, but like I and I don't mind working hard, and I love building things, and I love the challenges that that presents. But most of the things that up to this point had been things that I could work my way out of. Yeah. You know, I could work harder at it and figure out a way to, to, to make it better, whatever is my business. What I can't control is an outbreak of a pandemic in Wuhan, China, where like our largest supplier is and they shut yeah. down for months. Yeah. And our inventory was was out of stock. I can't control 
the time it takes to get the, the, the inventory on the boat and how long it takes for it to get across the water. Yeah. And the fact that the ports are jammed up and I'm and the stuff sitting there for, for weeks on end. Or factories uh, having to shut down because they don't have enough coal to be, be able to keep their uh, keep their keep the lights on. So they, yeah. have to, they have to cycle out days that they can actually do production. And it becomes very, very time consuming, man. It, it is. It's exhausting. And it just, you know, it, it, there, there's so many things that be, have become unknown. Mm-hmm. It was, it was what I, even though, again, e-commerce has, has been a difficult business, it was predictable in so many ways. There's really yeah. only so many variables. It's like, how much is your COGS? Mm-hmm. How much are you going to spend on advertising? Mm-hmm. You know, some of these types of things. Mm-hmm. What's become unpredictable is, well, now my COGS are just completely unpredictable because they're moving all over the place because of inflation. Shipping mm-hmm. times are unpredictable. Yeah. Amazon itself has become incredibly unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, it's become so difficult to make business decisions knowing that they can flip the script at a mm-hmm. moment's notice. Mm-hmm. You're having uh, inventory limits go from 30,000 units to 15,000 units overnight with yeah. no explanation and no warning when you've already ordered the product and it's like on the boat on the way over here. Yeah. And now they're like, well, now you can't bring it in. Now we got to redirect it to a 3PL, pay for yeah. that, have them on with the container and, and then reship it in sparingly. It's been it's been difficult and it's been it's been really frustrating. I wish there were people from Amazon that you could talk to that would actually listen to understand the pain. But uh, you know we live in our own world and have to deal with the pain ourselves. Well, yeah, I know. I would hope that somebody from Amazon actually takes the time to listen to this podcast as an experienced seller it'd in this great. space. Um, there, I know that there's many podcasts out there in this in this, in this uh, environment, um, but just actually take a moment and listen to what Amazon sellers are actively saying. I know that Amazon is very customer focused, yeah. but again, these sellers are also your customers as well to Amazon. So um, if you could take the moment to actually hear out what we have to say, we do love your platform. We still utilize your platform. We're not here to knock your platform. We just feel that there should be a little bit more of improvement and a little bit more direct communication and feedback. And it shouldn't be us having to constantly talk with seller support and not really get the assistance that we need yeah. or having to deal with issues that are completely out of our control. Um, I would I would have no problem talking to seller support if they if, follow through. If it was you know <laughs> if the word support actually meant something yeah it's it's seller circle yeah it's you know it's seller chase your tail and mm-hmm. get nothing accomplished for weeks or months on end as you're losing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. still have all the expenses of running a team and and the people that depend on you you still have to get paid yeah and so you know we actually you know came dangerously close to booking a negative year on our tax return last year yeah. because of these types of shenanigans. And it's it's difficult when it, you know you know they're making money. I don't begrudge them for making money. Like yeah. that's that they provide a platform. Mm-hmm. What I do begrudge is the fact that you know on the backs of people like us, we help build the infrastructure that allowed them to get to where they're at. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like you can't even get so much as a solid response. It's mm-hmm. the only business that I've heard of in the history of the world that like wants to charge you for support. Like the whole concept of a SAM, the seller mm-hmm. account manager, blows my mind. Because mm-hmm. like you would think as you're doing more business. And making more business for Amazon, mm-hmm. that they would want to help you more, yeah. you know, in a partnership regard. But it mm-hmm. feels like the, the more you do, the more risk and stress that you bring on yourself, and the less that they take on for themselves. And it's it's difficult. Yeah, it's it's the frustration factor, and it's like it gets to that point of like, when is enough? To, uh, when is enough enough? Like, how much more do we have? Would I have to take? Am I going to put myself in another year of staying on Amazon and selling yeah. on Amazon, or am I just going to figure out a way to? migrate over to another channel to create my own traffic, bring that on and not have to deal with the frustration, the headache, Absolutely. the, the, uh, the nonsensicalness of Amazon. And what's it up? What's it up to now? Like five grand a month just to get for sell- Sam. Yeah, yeah. For Sam, which, you know, most people will tell you is not really worth it because at the end of the day, when you have, you kind of like have the same as an insurance policy mm-hmm. for when something really goes wrong, but when something really goes wrong, they're like, well, we can't really help you with that. 
and it's it's frustrating. And I don't want to I don't want to come off and sound like a whiner, right? right? Like I mean, I'm I'm an adult. I yeah. got into a business uh, on my own free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've been in business for myself for for almost twenty years now, doing various things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't expect to be treated differently or have any type of preferential treatment or you know have my ego stroked. Yeah, you know, it's it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of again, just fear, transparent policies, mm-hmm. being able to get help for legitimate things mm-hmm. when you need help. You know, we've had products suspended just completely out of thin air yeah. uh, where they destroy inventory and, mm-hmm. and you're trying to like get this thing rectified. And you're like, well, that's a dangerous good. You're like, no, it's not. It's, you know, and, and you can't get anywhere. You just go in circles. Yeah. It ultimately, you know, if somebody that wanted to actually fix the problem could fix it in, in seconds, mm-hmm. realize, oh, this is not a dangerous good. This is not an adult product. This is not, you know, whatever the types of things that come up happen. Uh, it's a legitimate problem. It was a mistake. Mistakes happen. I get it. I would be fine. Like just like correct it, make it reasonable, and, and move on. Like again, yeah. it's a it's a gigantic platform. I understand that, and everything's going to go perfectly right all the time. But mm-hmm. it definitely has a feeling of we don't care about you in any way, shape, or form because there's ten more of you yeah. right behind you. Exactly, and that's where it gets frustrating. So yeah, it's it's not only just the physical of the digital real estate, but the the physical real estate with actually the amount of sellers that are willing to actually get on this platform and right. put their time, energy, effort, money, and give it a shot. Put that entrepreneurial foot forward. Yeah. So in, in that aspect, let's talk about what are some of the benefits that you still see in Amazon to this day. We could, mean, we could we could go down a massive massive laundry list yeah. of all the things that are wrong with Amazon. Yeah. But considering the fact that we're at Prosper, something something about Amazon is still bringing people together because if I Amazon agree. were such a uh, I hate to say this like uh, dumpster fire shit <laughs> show, <laughs> yes, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Right. This wouldn't exist. People would give up, and there would only be buyers on Amazon, and the only person that's selling on Amazon would be Jeff Bezos, right. and, he'd, and he'd have like a super yacht inside of a super yacht on side on a, in a space shuttle. So let's talk about well, the he does things. have a space shuttle. So oh yeah, that's right, he does have. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own little cock rocket. Yeah, um, well, there you go. So, uh, so no, I, I think I'm glad you transitioned this because I yeah. again, I mean, first of all, I don't want to come off as a whiner. I also am, in general, a pretty positive person. Yeah, and we're still selling on Amazon. And you're and a so, speaker, and still a speaker, <laughs> and 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 we help a lot of people. Uh, and I I do appreciate and look at the positives as well yeah you know, we have also been an e-commerce company that fulfilled all of our own orders mm-hmm. and had to, to, to take on all the responsibilities that amazon ultimately takes care of mm-hmm. and they are it, having amazon as a platform makes it incredibly easy mm-hmm. and, and i don't want to over minimize it because you know, it, it's not i was saying like e-commerce is hard so there's still mm-hmm. there's still a lot to it but overall in the grand scheme of things it's it, Launching a business on Amazon is relatively easy, mm-hmm. especially if you think about a physical product business. Again, doing this pre-Amazon, which we did do, mm-hmm. it requires having a warehouse and a staff and you know UPS accounts and having the post office guys show up every day. Yeah. But they don't show up so one day, so you got to go, you got to go ship it. Dealing with all the returns and all the customer service, and so Amazon is definitely a way to get in the e-commerce and selling physical products, mm-hmm. and a way where someone else takes on. A vast majority of the responsibilities necessary to be able to do that, yeah. and and so it still is incredibly relevant, and I think there's still a great opportunity there, mm-hmm. but I am worried that it it's going to become even more and more difficult with some of the other stuff we talked about because mm-hmm. until a company, a business has a business reason or a profit motive to like fix something, yeah, it's hard to, to fix it just out of the kindness of your heart, mm-hmm. and so there you know. It is like this tug of war and I'm constantly struggling with it internally. But like, again, 
we, we, we've launched uh, this year, we've launched almost 100 new products in the last 12 months. We continue to, to grow our business. Sales mm -hmm. continue to grow. Congratulations um, on that. Thank you. I mean, it's it's not been easy. Of course. <laughs> Certainly not trying to make it sound easy, but there still is there still is opportunity for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that there's still challenges that are going to come up because of this. They got, you know, with more and more competition, more and more sellers, people kind of coming in to eat your lunch. Mm -hmm. That creates other issues as well. Maybe uh, driving prices down, you get a race to the bottom or you get, yeah. You know, the, which which is what Amazon wants, and I think that's good for the market in some regard. Mm -hmm. The stuff that worries me is like some competitors aren't going to play by the same set of rules. Of course, and you got those things to worry about. That, that does happen, and hopefully Amazon will become wiser yeah. and start actually doing quarterly suspensions instead of waiting until the Christmas shebang. Yes, um, like they always do every yeah. single year. Hopefully, they can get this on a faster cycle, maybe even on a month time frame, and just have the systems in place to identify the people that are that are. Doing unfair, uh, making the uh, un making the playing field unfair for the people that are actually doing things right, like yourself and many yeah. other sellers out there, and and putting uh, putting the brakes on them so that they can't actually come back onto the platform afterwards. Besides an IP block, besides a geolocation block, besides certain other things, whether it's uh, Wi-Fi, whatever it may be, whatever kind of steps that they need to actually prevent this person from selling on Amazon because they're violating policy. But um, I would honestly say that what Amazon has done for a lot of sellers, including you and myself is they've made the process very easy. And I feel in, in certain aspects, we're kind of spoiled um, when it comes yeah. to that. So taking a step back and just seeing all of the things that they've done in place to make the process easier allows us to actually scale up. So if we need to, we can just use Amazon as a platform and we can have everything else taken care of on our end. Yeah. They've already set the foundation for that and kind of given us a guideline of how things should operate. And then we can choose to approve upon that later on down the line. And again, you know, with the advantage of e-commerce being so prevalent nowadays, um, we can thank Amazon for all their hard work and energy that they've done for us, and then we can yeah. easily start migrating away from the platform. I know that's crazy to tell people that uh, because, uh, again, that's why we're all here. It's because of Amazon. But I feel like there's more there's more than one complexity to it and that there's different shades of this that we can't just look at it and just say, like, you know, Amazon's terrible. We understand. They're not perfect. But, you know, none of us no are. No one's perfect. Yeah, yeah no one, none of us are. And we just have to thank them for what they're doing for us and how they're helping them out. I, I do think... Mm -hmm. You know, the, the court of public opinion can be really, really yeah. tough, right? And you look at something like a Walmart mm -hmm. uh, that went through this kind of black eye publicly for quite a while. Yeah. Moving into small towns, wiping out small stores, uh, treating their employees poorly, not not giving them benefits, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I do think that Amazon is at, in a very similar close to like pushing yeah. over that line uh, on a bunch of issues that mm -hmm. may kind of come back to bite them. And maybe at that point, maybe some things change because... They are. They, yeah. Amazon is getting a lot of repercussion for the actions that they've done, uh, especially in the news. Um, as of right now, um, I know that they're having, they're being looked at for essentially manipulating marketplace results. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Amazon is, is getting looked at upon. You know, last year with the FTC crackdown with review manipulation. Yeah, which again, um, not only hurt Amazon's reputation, but then had a trickle effect on uh, Amazon sellers, the softwares. Um, they're actively crack Amazon's actively cracking down on people that are uh, doing review manipulation using review services um, out outside and uh, outside in the space and and they're doing a lot of things to actually make the platform better but they're doing it retroactively so they're getting in trouble for one thing and they're saying okay we need to prevent our image from our brand from getting hurt so we need to protect our brand as much as possible yeah. how can we go around and nip this in the butt as quickly as possible so here are the tools we're going to sue them here's all the sellers that use them we're going to suspend them here's all the users that left reviews on these platforms we're going to block them from ever making an account on our platform ever again which is great but 
would you say that there needs to be more of a proactive way of doing this on Amazon where they're actively taking care of these issues, where they're trying to tackle both ends, right? They're trying to appease the buyers. They're trying to appease the sellers, but they're also trying to make sure that their marketplace has integrity, which is one thing that I think that is, uh, lacks on Amazon right now yeah. is integrity. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really trust a lot of the reviews as a shopper on Amazon. Exactly. Uh, and one of the things that I just take umbrage with, and I, I appreciate that they're trying to do something about it, mm -hmm. but oftentimes in life, it's always like this pendulum effect or the rubber band effect. Where like yeah. It gets so out of control in one direction. When you let go of it, it snaps back and goes back in the other yeah. direction. And it feels like in some of the review aspects, we're at that crossroads right now because where we're at right now is when someone leaves a negative review that mm -hmm. me as a seller would be able to correct, mm -hmm. if I only had the opportunity, I can't. But they've now black boxed the review system where I, I can't figure out who left it. Mm -hmm. There's very few options of being able to contact. Like I actually just was my talk was just about here at Prosper developing five-star products. And also at the end, I talked a little bit about ways to remove negative reviews. You know, we were we used to be much more successful at this. Mm -hmm. We used to be able to get a large portion of one-star reviews either removed or corrected in a way hat way. You know, we would reach out to the customer. We figure out who left the review and try to make it better. Yeah, and now it's very really difficult providing to do that. customer service. True customer service. Because again, th this is not just Amazon customer service, right? right. You're going out of your way because Amazon has their own customer service for their buyers. That's right. But in a way that their buyers are also your buyers because they're coming to their platform. Amazon's essentially the traffic. And then they're pulling over on the side of the road and saying, I like this store. Let me see what they have. I want to buy this. Yeah. And if you can't have that level of communication, and I understand why they restrict it. So I'm, I'm over here playing devil's advocate on both sides. I understand I why they restrict it. Again, they, they want the buyer to come back to their website versus coming to you. But there are so many products on Amazon. There's so many different things that just one person would need that it'd be almost impossible for one seller, nigh, nigh impossible for yeah. one seller to have the everything. the everything that they're yeah. looking for. So Amazon playing this this very fearful, uh, defensive uh, men, uh, mentality towards allowing sellers to communicate with buyers. I can understand where they're coming from. They don't want you to say, hey, we want you to leave a five-star review, but they should allow us to say, we'd love to be able to help you out and yeah. solve any kind of problems that you have. So I think, like you were saying, the rubber band analogy um, is a very perfect example. Instead of actually having uh, decent and curated communication, it's very restrictive. We can't uh, we can't do what we need to do to actually service our own store the way that we want to and actually change the things that we need. So what, what if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing on Amazon, just one, just, just one, one thing, just one thing. Oh my God. What would it be? Oh man. Uh, you know, this year I probably would say something about storage limits. Okay. Um, but since we're talking about reviews, let's go down that path. Absolutely. You were speaking uh, about that. Yeah. I, I would love to have an opportunity. Maybe it's a closed box system where like I, what I'm not trying to do legitimately is try to get that customer off Amazon and and take advantage of, of the fact that they bought off Amazon and now try to make them a customer on my own store. Mm -hmm. Now, if I was going to go do a talk about that, which I, would be something I could easily have a presentation on, because I think a lot of people are thinking about what are off Amazon opportunities these days. And you kind of mentioned it a little bit a yeah. few minutes ago. But in all legitimate, you know, sincere uh, communication here, I would love to be able to talk to a customer that's left a negative review and fix it. Yeah. You know, it's it's good for everyone. It's good for Amazon because now the person had a, a better experience mm -hmm. on their Amazon shopping experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good for my brand and it self-serves me as well, like to, to make this person happy. Genuinely in my life, like I anybody that I come in contact with, I try to do good anyway. Like I'd rather fix a problem for somebody that I can easily correct and make them happy than have mm -hmm. someone out there in the universe that's like, 
you know, hates me or my brands personally. And the thing that's even more frustrating about this situation is that Amazon creates about a third of these problems for us, you know, by taking back returns that should never be taken back. Yeah. And that's another thing that you're talking about, I think they will change. I mean, I would love for them to change their return policy, but you know, we sell something, let's say like in a five pack and someone gets the five pack. They're like, Oh, this is pretty nice. I think I'll keep two and I'll return three, get a full refund. Amazon puts the pack of three back in the inventory. I get a one-star review. I paid for five, but I only got three. One star. I mean, I would love to like fix that situation, even at my expense. That's like how much Amazon's put their thumb on us. We are like, I'm willing to fix Amazon's mistake at my expense and send them more of these ice packs to like make the situation right. But you don't have a way of doing that. They, they do have the, the new brands communication system. You go into brands and click customer reviews and you can click a button to like try to reach out. But very few people end up communicating with you but making it a way that to actually fix that would make me really happy and that way the one-star reviews that we get are legitimately one-star reviews which i like to think that we develop products that would naturally very rarely get a one-star review because we're we're, we're sticklers about selling and making and delivering quality products and quality customer service mm-hmm. so realistically like people shouldn't have a one-star review with our products yeah i, I realize that some people are always going to find something and and anything you're never going to make everybody happy all the time of course we could sure as heck make a lot more people happy a lot more of the time yeah being able to have uh, being able to communicate with the buyer and then if they can change that review right and have it come up as an additional subset on reviews revised reviews i don't care updated reviews change of thoughts i think it it shows good customer service yeah i mean one of the the examples that i love to use we saw some tactical gloves Mm. and right before amazon switched their rules uh, probably nine months ago now reporting this you used to be able to like look at the review and match it up sometimes to to an order and then reach out to that customer yeah and this customer had uh received two left gloves in the box mm-hmm. you know the, the factory had made a mistake yeah legitimately made a mistake uh he left this one star review i received two left-handed gloves i had contacted this person through email through amazon's messaging platform he never responded Mm-hmm. But I knew who the order was. I had their address because, again, at, at that time, you were able to do something about it. Or, yeah. or, and so I made a, I wrote a handwritten note out, like you know, clearly, like we work really hard to like develop the best products, and we put a lot of effort in the packaging into the product itself. And uh, even though we we have great quality control and we work really hard to prevent this, there's humans involved in the process, and things happen. Here's another set of gloves, and here's an extra set to stick in your your glove box or give to a friend. Uh, you know, just to say thank you and sorry. Mailed it out in the dark, just hoping that he might even get it. Uh, a couple of months later, I went back and happened to notice that review, and he typed out my whole letter word for word and left it on the review saying, like, these guys have awesome customer service. Yeah. Like, these gloves just showed up. Thank you very much. I've updated my review to five stars. I'd love to be able to do that more often than the situation that we're in now, which is you just sit back and take it, which sucks. How would you go about fixing the communication cycle on Amazon with MTOS? Well, I think, again, if you can do it through the through Amazon's messaging platform, so it's right. all contained there. You don't get their email address. Of course. You know, which is fine. I, again, I'm not trying to steal the cut. I just want to make it better. And I think that the way to handle it is that maybe there's like a report abuse button or something from like the customer or somebody report, you know. And that way, for people who are legitimately hassling people or, or going out of bounds and making it, turning this what could be a positive experience into a negative one, it will make you kind of walk on eggshells 
to, to not do something like that, to yeah. not to not trip that that filter. Because like maybe once you get a, a second strike, you're you're out, not allowed to communicate with people. Yeah. Too bad, so sad. Um, I, I think that that could be a way to handle it. You know, at least it's somewhat policed or whatever. But it does seem to me that it would be in everyone's best interest if they would make that process better. That would be that would solve a lot of problems. And I'm I'm just thinking outside the box right now when it comes to this. I, I think a very interesting way to be able to handle customer service, even on Amazon or off Amazon. I'll just talk about off Amazon in this aspect. A product insert doesn't hurt, and I feel like a lot of sellers in the past have used product inserts just very maliciously. Yeah. And it, it was it was all meant to push either reviews or additional sales or rebates or anything like that. And in this particular instance with the tactical glove. Um, something as simple as a insert inside a uh, product insert inside the glove or just having a brand that they can be able to search on Facebook, on some kind of social media platform, even your website, maybe even having a URL um, either on the box of the website so that they can reach out to support and be like, actually file the, the dispute that they have. Um, I honestly think if Amazon just said it's OK to con- it's 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 OK to have the sellers contact you on your website to reach out to you for help. I think that would really solve a lot of the issues yep. because then one, when people start to sell on Amazon, they can come in and actually have a legitimate brand they built up and put in place, social media, uh, other social uh, platforms that they're using to show validity to it. People that have actively bought their products. And again, this is where I'm thinking of the full spectrum of being uh, an e-commerce seller. And then it can actually get legitimate customer support instead of relying on a very outdated um, communication cycle. I've had issues on Amazon where I bought products, yeah. especially living in Mexico, buying products and then having to communicate and then use Google Translate or use some other kind of services to take care of it. Hey, just give us a few minutes, all right? We're, we're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it happens. live it, podcast. It, well, it, yeah, it's being recorded. We can't, we can't do anything about it right now. No worries. Now. Um, but... Uh, being able to have that communication not exist directly on Amazon 100% like when it's a serious issue because I can tell you right now it's it's a bit frustrating as me as a buyer. I bought products on Amazon. I sell on Amazon. To be able to communicate with another Amazon seller on Amazon. It's not the most easy, intuitive way of actually communicating. And it's yeah. actually very disjointed. If I could just reach out to them on their website and be like, hey, look, I purchased your product on Amazon. Here's my order ID. This is the issue that I'm having. And then being able to get that resolved right there, I would love for that to actually exist and not have it be as a strike against the seller or any kind of issue against the seller or any kind of issue against me. Yeah, and it's interesting, like the one communication that we get more than anything from from buyers is like, I ordered this product and it hasn't shown up yet. Like, what yeah. are you going to do about it? Like, it's interesting that those emails are allowed to come through. Yeah. Things, something I have no control over. I'm like, I have to send them back to Amazon. Mm-hmm. But the thing that where they actually need my help, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't fix it. So I don't know. Some I'm not going to solve today. Hopefully, Amazon's listening. I, I would, I would hope be happy listening. to give them my more, more thoughts. I, I would honestly, I think it would be great for you, for you to actually be able to go to Amazon and, and speak. Yeah. To them. I know that Leron Hirschkorn was here not too long ago. I know that he has a direct channel of communication with Amazon. Maybe somehow you can get your, we can have our fingers crossed and uh, you know count on a prayer and get get those things up up there to Amazon. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I would love. You know, obviously we kind of focused on one or two things here. Yeah, but I think. You know, as someone who runs a community ourselves and is interacting with hundreds of sellers, you see the same problems yeah. come up over and over and over again, and they would be easily correctable. This is what mm-hmm. is so frustrating. And what also is frustrating is whenever I talk to someone higher up at Amazon, they're always oblivious to this. Yeah, they're like, "Wait, you've been having problems like selling on the plat?" Like they they don't seem to understand like the magnitude of some of the stuff that we're going through. Yeah. it's like they're living in another uh, parallel 
universe. And I would love to like lay this out and have someone that's compassionate or empathetic uh, that also can also prove to them that like it's in their own best interest, mm -hmm. profitability wise and, and reputation wise to to do better. Yeah. I, I would love to have those conversations. So we'll knock on plastic. I think is what this is, and we'll and find do our some wood. We'll we'll find some wood. How about uh, this, I don't just wanna, do it. We'll, we'll knock on go. each other. There we go. We'll just do that. We'll say that that's knocking on wood. Uh, again, it's Joshua Porter, Element Success Podcast. Michael Jackness, thank you for being here, man. Well, I appreciate buddy. it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and we'll get Amazon taken care of because. There we go. Uh, it's it's in our best bet. We just, we just fixed the world in this thirty minutes of podcasting. Yeah, we can honestly. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. You never know what can happen on mic. Never know. Be good, my friend. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.